Hey! Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome to Amateur Spice. I'm Eve. I'm Nixie. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Um, this week, we... Well, we hope you enjoyed our very funny little episode uh, last week. If you haven't listened to it yet, you probably should because it's. If you just haven't listened episode. to any episodes yet, you probably should. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this would be a weird one. I mean, unless this is like something, this is like your niche thing you're interested in. Like, I guess that would make sense. But other than that, you should listen to the other ones first. Yeah, go kind of doing a little more serious informational one this week instead of our silly little one last week. <laughs> We're going to talk about how sex work is portrayed in the media. Yeah, it definitely, I think we both agree, isn't where it needs to be in terms of like positive, real portrayal um, of what like sex work actually is. But it's definitely changed in the last few years, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Just how it's shifted, how it looks, and uh, what we think of it. Hell yeah. I know I have a lot of like TV movie examples and you found some different stuff though, right? Yeah. So I really looked at this. Um, I'm a really big fan of true crime, just like in general, like whether it's podcasts, documentaries, TV shows. Um, Disclaimer though, I'm not one of those people that like gets weird, sick I don't know. Some people are like way too obsessed with it and like love serial killers. Like and, romanticize like, it. And, like romanticize and like like to listen to podcasts that are like funny about true crime. Like I don't necessarily enjoy that. I think that sometimes that's a little like weird. Um, but anyways, I like to consume respectful true crime, I guess. It's so fucking annoying of me to like feel like I have to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people definitely do take it a little too far in the yeah. true crime space, but I'm with you. I am very into crime junkies because just tell me the story. Tell me what happened. Cut to the chase. That's it. (laughs) That's all I want to know. She has another podcast about like supernatural stuff that I started listening to. And there's an episode about like that. I think I've told you this. Have I told you this about the plane that like went missing from Malaysia? Oh, I think you might have. It's so good. You should listen to it. Supernatural uh, scares me, so I haven't branched into that one, but maybe I will one day. This one episode isn't supernatural. It's more about the <laughs> horrors that are man-made, my dear. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> also, but, I apologize in advance if you hear my cat screaming outside my office door. I, like, really don't want to let her in because I will be so distracted and trying to keep her out of shit. She likes to get into shit she's not supposed to, so sorry. If you hear screaming, it's just Diane. <laughs> He's a cute little minx. So yeah, I've really enjoyed um, consuming true crime over the years, but I definitely have this new lens, obviously, um, since I've started sex work, where it's kind of weird depending on how sex workers are portrayed. Like there are specific documentaries I might specific I might like not feel comfortable watching because of mm-hmm. like the attitude and terminology they use. I know that one documentary I tried to watch recently, like maybe a year ago was about the the Yorkville Ripper. He was like a serial killer in England, but it was so anti-sex work, very much like, well, these ladies yeah. were like out in the night, like, you know, what did they think was going to happen? And just like mm-hmm. very disrespectful, using the term prostitute in like a very derogatory way. Um, and yeah, hate that so much. And I like, that was kind of the first time that I saw like 
a true crime form of media where I was like, ew, like, what the fuck? Like, why do you need to be doing that? And, like, I kind of started to hear it more in podcasts as well. Um, Like, I know in My Favorite Murder, when they, which is a really big true crime podcast, when they first got started, they were still using the, the term prostitute. And a lot of sex workers who listened to the podcast reached out to them and said, that's not like can you please not use that word can you say sex workers instead and they did change their language and like have since then and have been good about that that's and that's, yeah and that's something that's happened like in a lot of true crime podcasts too other than that that's just like an example i thought of um but a yeah, lot of them- like the one i listen to is crime junkies and they always say sex workers and then there's been a few like serial killers they cover that like specifically only kill sex workers and they've like addressed that a lot and been like sex workers are people you know like they're just trying to make a living (laughs) yeah so I think it's really cool that there is a big chunk of like the true crime community and podcasts specifically Mm -hmm. I think I'm starting to see it more in documentaries too but they've really taken the time to like be respectful of sex work and like what it is and like to not just be like oh well like these were just people like asking for it or whatever yeah so I think that's cool that that has like shifted as Mm -hmm. true crime has gotten more popular but also there is a lot of true crime that is like very very disrespectful of sex workers I would say Mm -hmm. I know I feel like I haven't watched, like, a ton of crime, like, TV shows, so I don't have any, like, specific examples, but I do know, like, the handful of episodes I've seen here and there, there's always a sex worker that gets murdered. Like, almost always. Every time they're like, yeah, this is a really easy person to portray as, like, easily being killed for whatever reason. Like, Law and Order SVU, like, I really loved that show when I was a kid and, like, even into, like, my early adulthood or whatever. And, like, now I can't even watch it because it's so, like, on the nose about shit like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like they're always portrayed the same way. It's, like – and there's no wrong way to, like, be a human being. Like, I'm not – that's not what I mean, like, when I say this. But, like, there's always – they're always portrayed, like – the same kind of stereotypical way that sex workers are portrayed Mm -hmm. like they're either homeless or like addicted to something or really really struggling and like it's not by their own volition and like that's not what it fucking is and it's just like really annoying yep i read this uh refinery 29 article that's from 2016 called why i'm fed up with the way tv portrays sex workers and she had like a good like quote about like shows like SVU and stuff and it says rarely give rarely given any agency or backstory as characters were merely used to demonstrate the high concept murderous impulses of a serial killer or treated as collateral damage in the mission to save the morally good characters yeah it's it's like you're you're just serving as a prop essentially like you're yeah. a human prop you know you just yeah. further the plot like, yep like there are so many times in like movies and tv shows and stuff where like if a sex worker is murdered or like mistreated like you might not even find out their name there's no backstory Mm -hmm. there's no real you know depth to them and like there doesn't always need to be depth to every character that exists in like movies and tvs but like Mm -hmm. movies and tvs (laughs) movies and tv shows but um like there should fucking be sometimes you know yeah and like one other quote she said is most programs with the sex worker they're used as punchlines or punching bags and it's true like we're always just given as like a, oh yeah this person is a sex worker but that's it 
like you said, like no backstory, no like actual character development. They're usually not even like a full like character. Yeah. Like our job is like a joke typically, mm-hmm. you know, or it's like in terms of social media, which I guess is a form of media, like it's way overly glamorized, you know? Yep. Some just like examples that I pulled from like stuff that I have seen re- either recently or just like stuff that I remember from TV shows I've seen. So my partner and I are watching Breaking Bad right now. And so since we were talking about doing research for this episode, it made me like really noticed that the only sex worker character in the show is addicted to meth and they like really push that like she basically is only doing it for drugs and I feel like that's the storyline of a lot of sex workers in tv shows and movies there's like oh yeah this person only does sex work because they're addicted to drugs and they're just trying to get more drugs like money for more drugs yeah exactly and then I watch I watch the bachelor sue me um and i forget exactly which season it was but it was a season like a year or two ago where some girl accused another girl of being a sex worker and it exploded into like this huge rumor thing and it was like some big like oh shame her like how dare she be a sex worker blah 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 and i'm really happy that the girl that like got blamed was like I'm not, but, like, I don't know why there's a problem with it if I was. Like, I don't know why all of you are freaking the fuck out. Like, I'm not going to shame someone for, like, a job that they do. So, she wasn't, but I'm glad she, like, respectively was, like, you guys are really, like, fucking rude. (laughs) Every little bit matters. Like, that's the thing, is that, like, every single time in, whether it's in reality TV or TV show, movie, anything, like, where we are correctly portrayed or actually stood up for in like a meaningful way like people are going to see that that might necessarily never have a like an, a different interaction with sex work mm-hmm. you know what i mean like yeah. it's not just like a scary perverse fucked up thing anymore mm-hmm. i have some other examples from the refinery 29 article that i read so i've never seen house of cards but apparently there is a a character named rachel who is an escort and the quote from the article says even house of cards which did at least give escort rachel a character arc couldn't resist the lure of the tragic ending that must eventually befall all troubled and vulnerable sex workers so like i said i haven't seen it so i don't know what happened but like clearly she wasn't giving a great like ending to the show (laughs) and then they made she made a point about Tina Fey's work, which I've never noticed, but I guess a lot of Tina Fey's work has, like, digs about being a hooker, a stripper, a whore. And when she said that, I was like, yeah, Mean Girls does that a lot. Tina I guess has some problematic ass comedy. Like, I guess 30 Rock has some comments like that. And I was like, huh, never thought about it. <laughs> Next time you watch Mean Girls, just look at how Asian people are portrayed in Mean Girls. Ooh. It's, it's like pretty fucked up. Yikes. Yeah. All right, Tina Fey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yikes. Anyways. And then... But I guess that's a good point, though, that it, you know, permeates every... Like, anti-sex work rhetoric permeates everywhere, even yeah. in, like, fucking wine mom comedy, like Tina Fey. Yeah, seriously. And then, I don't know the specifics 
in these shows, even though I've seen some of them, but I can't think of the specifics off the top of my head. But this author also listed Arrested Development, Californication, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and Game of Thrones all rely on nasty, spiteful humor about how we are simultaneously disgusting and vulnerable to male violence. One of the gnarliest deaths in Game of Thrones is... Did you watch Game of Thrones? I've seen the first two seasons, maybe three. I haven't finished it. It's on my never-ending list of things to watch. (laughs) Yeah, like... Some of the gnarliest deaths befall sex workers on Game of Thrones, I feel like. There's some... It doesn't surprise me. There's some bad ones. And then she was also talking about how, like, Orange is the New Black was supposed to be this, like, radical show about all these women in prison coming from different backgrounds, blah, blah. And she's like, it was so unrealistic that they didn't have a single sex worker character considering how, like, often people are arrested for stuff like that. And it was, she was just like, yeah, it was unrealistic. And it would have been really cool if they had just one. Just That's one a really person. good point. I never thought right? about that when I watched the show. I didn't either. But when I read that, I was like, she's so right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess like going into movies, I found this other article called, it was called creepycatalog.com, I think. But it was like 27 prostitute movies. And they had some like excerpts at the beginning of the article that was like, we titled this prostitutes because that's what a lot of the movies call them but they they like did acknowledge that like they are sex workers like not everyone likes to be called prostitutes so I thought that was really good I was like thanks (laughs) and then they also said like one reason for the proliferation of sex work in film is that's just an excellent plot device to motivate male characters to do something dangerous or get them to a remote location Mm. yeah and I really love that they actually threw this in there, too. They said, in the U.S., sex workers have a fatality rate of 459 per 100,000, making it the most dangerous job in America. And for, context, and for context, police officers have a fatality rate of 14 per 100,000. 14 per 100,000 versus 459. Yeah, let that Let's just, like, sit with that for a minute. That is fucked up. It shouldn't be like that. No, not at all. Damn. So this article had a bunch of movies on it. I'm not going to talk about all of them because, like I said, it was it's like more than 27. It was 27 plus was the title. But so I'm just going to talk about like a few of them. Most of them are like older because I think a lot of the more recent ones portray it a little bit better. But like... So, in 1976, there was a film called Taxi Driver, and in 1978, there was a film called Pretty Baby, and both of them focused on minors and sex work, which I thought was a little nuts. And Pretty Baby especially was, the article said, ill-remembered, because Brooke Shields, who is playing the 12-year-old girl, has a nude scene, and I could not believe that. I was like, what? And I guess she even wrote her senior thesis at Princeton about her quote unquote initiation from innocence to experience. That's so like, fun. that's insane that I can't believe, like, I've never seen it. So like, I don't know, like, I guess what it like looks like, but you're letting a 12 year old have a nude scene in a movie. 
Oh, let's be real. Minors and sex work isn't sex work. That's just like rape. That's trafficking. Yeah, exactly. Like that's, minors yeah. can't consent to that. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. And then one film that I have seen, but I guess I saw it when I was young enough that I didn't really like think about it. But Risky Business, 1983, Tom Cruise turns his house into a brothel for his fellow high school students. I've never seen it. I saw it when I was so young and I like don't remember that at all, but I was like, holy shit. Damn. <laughs> and then early 90s, there's three movies, True True Romance, 1993, Pretty Woman, Pretty Woman, 1995, and Leaving Las Vegas, also 1995. And all three of those really give like the vibe that sex workers are in trouble. They're looking for someone to save them. They really need a Prince Charming to like sweep them off their feet. Like it's just adding to that narrative that like sex workers are in trouble and we need someone to quote unquote save us. Exactly. And we fucking don't. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was just a little bit. Like I said, there's a lot more movies on there if you are interested in that, but. Those were some of the ones that really stuck out to me. Yeah, it is It is wild, too, because I'm sure that most of these movies don't have any, like, the people who write the script and come up with the characters mm-hmm. and everything don't have any, like, relation to sex work, pretty much. You know, they don't mm-hmm. know how it actually works. They don't know, like, what struggles and, like, you know, shit people deal with while doing it and, like, what type of people do it. And it's just, like... It's so easy to, like, figure it out, you know? Yep. Seriously. I kind of wonder how – because it's definitely changed a bit. Like, it hasn't changed all the way, obviously. But, like, with, like, all the documentaries and stuff coming out now, like, you know, they made, like, the OnlyFans documentary. And it's, like, you know, a lot of people who are sex workers are, like, big on TikTok and Instagram and everything and, like, show, like, their life outside of that. Like, I just wonder how in, like, the next 10 years it's going to be different, you know? Like, hopefully mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. Agree. So there's some, like, talk show people that have recently said some stuff. So the first one I'm going to talk about is Trevor Noah because his was, like, really, like, brief. It wasn't even, like, actually on the Daily Show. I guess it was, like, a Daily Show behind the scenes thing they, like, viewed later. But basically, he talked about the quote-unquote right to sex, because I guess some men have been like, we have a right to sex, whatever. And he's thinks the actual meaning behind this, like when you dig into it more, means that sex work should be decriminalized. But he did also acknowledge, which is great, that he's not really equipped to speak on this and thinks more sex workers should be talking about it. So, like, thanks, Trevor Noah. But he was also kind of saying, like, He thinks this is also just because men need more intimacy and the only way that they know how to get that is through sex. And he talked about how like a lot of sex workers that he knows or have talked to like have told him that they're hired really to just like hold them and talk like a lot of men hire sex workers for like intimacy, not even necessarily sex. Oh, yeah. Some sex workers, I feel like, don't mind, but some are like, you need to just get a therapist. Like, (laughs) I think we even see that in our job sometimes when people will message us and just like trauma dump on us. Definitely. In their life. Yes, absolutely. Like, 
I appreciate that you're willing to open up to me, but like, bro, I'm just some girl on the internet. <laughs> like, I don't know you. I don't know right? your trials and tribulations. I know. So I thought it was kind of cool that Trevor Noah at least like addressed that like, hey, sex workers should probably be talking about, should be like at the forefront of this discussion about sex work. Right. Thanks. What a thought. Sure. Um, so one of my like favorite things that I did watch for this, even though I feel like maybe it's not, I don't know, I don't want to call it a not great representation because it is, it's a really great representation of sex work and media, but it's also not like an actual media form because it's, it's John Oliver tonight. So like, it's just a guy talking about an issue. And while the episode was really, really good, it like, it's not portraying sex work like as a character like you get what I mean yeah. kind of like it's more I feel like documentary-esque but either way I still thought it was really great I feel like he talked about a lot of things we talk about like he mentioned F FOSTA SESTA which fuck yeah um he talked about how exchanging money for sex isn't legal anywhere except for a few counties in Nevada but exchanging money for sex in Filming is legal because it's considered art and protected under the First Amendment. And I've never thought of it like that, but I was like, that's really nuts. Right. <laughs> like, so this is why porn is legal, but full service sex work is not. Yeah. And then he also talked a lot about how people confuse trafficking in sex work and how a lot of most sex workers aren't truly trafficked. And he the exact quote I took from him was sex workers are people and they wish people would actually listen to them. And then he talks about how like cops interfere and think they're quote unquote helping. And like a lot of cops that like are trying to like quote unquote help, they are like participating with them and like having sex with them. And then they arrest them. Like that's so fucked up. That is really fucked up. And he talked about a few examples about how, like it was criminalized he didn't I don't think he said where but like some places have been like criminalizing dressing provocatively and carrying condoms on you because oh safe sex means you're like a sex worker apparently and in some places I guess sex workers have to register as sex offenders which John Oliver very greatly says, maybe that should be the cops that are in these sting operations having sex with them. Maybe they should be sex offenders. Maybe. That's a thought. Yeah. That's a really interesting thing. Mm-hmm. And then he says sex works can be dangerous and we need to be talking constructively about how to make it safer in every possible way. But sex work often gets conflated with human trafficking. And... So I'm going to play this like little clip from the show. It's like it's not necessarily him talking like he plays a clip, but he says who it is. I can't remember off the top of my head. So I'm going to play the part where he says who it is. And basically it's this guy talking about like sex workers getting arrested for trafficking, basically. To Andrew Lewis, the former coordinator for the Greater New Orleans Human Trafficking Task Force, tell the Louisiana House of Representatives about one sting operation that he personally witnessed. What I saw was a standard operation, and it was deeply troubling. Agents pretending to be clients set up dates with sex workers. When a sex worker arrived to the hotel room, they would be arrested and forced into another cold room 
often with very little clothing, and interviewed. The same agent that handcuffed them would then ask them if they had been trafficked. And no matter their response, they were arrested and booked. At the end of the night, those arrests were reported back to me as prospective victims of human trafficking, even when there was no evidence of forced fraud or coercion. Let me be clear, human trafficking does occur, and likely more than we know. But because we are spending a majority of our time and money on criminalizing consensual adult sex work, we're not able to help those being actually forced to work in the construction, agriculture, and yes, sex work industries in Louisiana. Exactly. And that like really reminded me of something that we've talked about before, too, is how trafficking doesn't just exist in the sex work industry. Y'all are wasting your time going after consenting adults when you could actually be doing something meaningful. Yes. So thank you to this Andrew Lewis guy. I think that was his name. I already forgot it. (laughs) But like, thank you for, you know, being like, hey, can we maybe focus on the real issue? And the real issue is not consenting sex workers. And then uh, John Oliver also goes in a little bit about the Nordic model and legalization and why that's not good and why sex workers want decriminalization. And then the final thing that he says, which I think like really hammers at home is like, okay, if you've listened to all this and you're like, okay, but there are sex workers that are economically forced into sex work. He's like, then you need to start thinking of the way bigger issue of healthcare, housing, like being able to access these things, being able to get food on the table. He's like, sure, if you want to say people are economically forced into it, then maybe you should start thinking about more human rights. So yeah, overall, John Oliver hits the nail on the head. I definitely recommend watching it, even though I I definitely just like talked about all the biggest points, but like it was still really, really good. I really liked it. I'm glad that someone with a platform was able to like talk about what needs to be talked about. Like if you can't listen to sex workers, if you can't listen to women, if you can't listen to people of color, then how about you watch this white man, cis white man talk about it and then maybe you'll get it. Right. If you're here though, then I don't think that's the case, but if you have friends that refuse to listen to anyone but a cis white man, just send them this video of John Oliver, call it a day. <laughs> all you gotta do. Yeah, that's basically all I have. So, yeah, <laughs> representation in the media isn't great, but it's definitely getting better. Like, the Trevor Noah thing, the John Oliver thing, those are both from this year, 2022. So, hopefully it continues in this positive direction. I think there is a, like... I feel like comedians are the ones too in media that usually, I mean, obviously some are like not great and do make bad jokes, but when you see someone famous like sticking up for sex workers in media, I think it is usually comedians too, which is nice. Oh yeah. Of course, John Oliver like makes it funny too, but like the dig is never on sex workers. Like he keeps making digs on the cops, which is funny. (laughs) I'm probably going to watch that like later today because I think I I have seen it, but it's been like a while. It was very good. Definitely recommend. Yeah, so hopefully things start going in the right direction. I think the glamorization and mainstream focus on OnlyFans is also kind of helping. Because, like, we've talked about before, but, like, sex work has never been so, like, mainstream and, like, front-focused and it's never been in people's faces before. 
And I feel like because of that, it's definitely helping people that aren't used to it maybe understand and see more. Yeah. I feel like I'm talking in circles, but. <laughs> no, no. You, like that was real. I, I let, that was good. I learned a lot. Yeah. Hopefully we'll see in the next couple of years where, you know, I think there's a part of the world that wants to be a lot more puritanical and another part of the world that wants to be a lot more open. So uh, we'll see which one wins. Yeah, we'll see. Um, this episode's the day before election day. So once it comes out, like elections go be over. But I hope you went and fucking voted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the local ones are important. So those are the ones you actually should be voting in. So go do it. <laughs> Where can we find you? You can find me at Nixie Knight on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. You can find my OnlyFans at NaughtyNixie.com. You can find bongs and dongs, all your stoner needs, all your sex work needs. Not sex work, sex toys. I mean, yeah, sex work, but sex toys, cute-ass clothing, anything you could ever want for your horny, slutty little mind. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> you can find that at hornystoner.com, and you can use our code AMATURSPICE for 10% off. Hell yeah, you can. Um, We have an Instagram that is Amateur Spice. We also have an email. No one ever emails us, but just in case you ever want to email us, it's just AmateurSpice at gmail.com. If you're a sex worker, we want to have you on as a guest. So hit us up. Please do. And yeah, where can we find you? <laughs> my Twitter and my Instagram are messy. <laughs> Bangs and my uh OnlyFans is MoonbabyX44. My TikTok is sexy shouter69. And yeah. Thanks you guys. By the time this comes out, birthday ah! will be on Friday, the 18th. My birthday is this week, so come love me. <laughs> Under some tips. Please. I'm coming to visit and I can't wait. Yes, you're coming to visit. I'm so excited. We're going to eat so much sushi. I'm going to (laughs) explode. Yay. Yay. I'm so excited. Yeah, come wish me a happy birthday, please. Thanks. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, bye. Thanks for listening. Rate and review. You know the deal. Okay, bye. I love you. Bye. (laughs) Bye.